I'm Michael McMullen. And I'm John Mark Yates. Welcome to This Week in Church History. Welcome to This Week in Church History for the week of October 11 through October 17 in 2020. I'm here with my host, Mike McMullen. I'm John Mark Yates, and we are here uh, to talk about a significant event in church history that happened uh, on this uh, week in 1555 on the 16th of October, and that was the martyrdom of Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer, two key leaders in the Reformation of Britain. And they both died uh, on the same day, at the uh, suffering the same sentence in the city of Oxford. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the whole context here is um, the beginnings of Reformation in Britain. Uh, Henry VIII has, you know, become the leader of, of the Church of England. Some people thought this was the start of the Reformation. It really wasn't. It was simply... Henry getting the divorce that he wanted from a church he created as such. Um, But the Reformation is happening behind the scenes. Henry dies. His son, Edward VI, takes over. Uh, Even as a teenager, incredible moves are made toward the Reformation. Sadly, he dies early uh, as a 16-year-old. His sister takes over. Things will be very different. Very, very different because Mary doesn't quite like the Protestants. No, Mary is a committed Catholic. She is furious with what's happened. Um, she hates the idea of a Protestant church, and, and she will do everything in her power to bring England back to Catholicism. She will restore the Pope as the head of the church, and she will go after the leaders of the Church of England who've promoted Reformation in England. And one of the ways that we know about uh, how pervasive this uh, persecution of these reform-minded individuals uh, in England during this time period is from Fox's Book of Martyrs, and which records the death of Ridley and, and, and Latimer quite well. Um, we could have some questions about uh, Fox's work, and there have been those who've recently kind of uh, had some questions about whether it was over uh, sensationalized or overwrought. Uh, We can leave that topic for another day. It it would be difficult to sensationalize or, or, you know, uh, kind of magnify how horrific being burnt at the stake really was. (laughs) Exactly. And that becomes part of this whole question of martyrdoms and people standing uh, for, for their faith. Let's let's talk about each of these men before we get to their final fate uh, on the 16th of October in 1555. Um, if we talk about uh, Latimer, uh, Latimer himself, um, uh, he it, we don't know when he was born, which you and I had talked uh, uh, before we started recording about how crazy that is that some of these key people, we just don't even know uh, when their life uh, started, but we don't know too much actually about his early life, but we do know that he was uh, ordained on the 15th of July in, in 1515, and uh, eventually he becomes uh, someone who, as he's studying the Word of God, becomes rather convicted of the nature of the importance of the Word of God and takes uh, a stand against the, the papacy and uh, against the, the Catholic Church. 
Um, some have uh, described described him as uh, as as fairly obstinate in his uh, his understanding. He joins with uh, a group of people who are working together. What is known as the White Horse Tavern or the White Horse Inn. What, what yeah, is that? He, he's like? a student at Cambridge, um, and becomes a fellow. He. Um, is involved in a, a group of men who are discussing the doctrines of Luther, and they meet at the White Horse in Cambridge. And, and many of the men who will become leading lights in the Reformation are part of that group. And, and it's incredible what God does through them and, and the Reformation that happens and uh, the price that many of them will pay, but a, a big part of it uh, begins in the, in that one tavern in Cambridge. And it's there that they're encouraging each other. They're reading from um, individuals like Melanchthon uh, on the mainland, and they're they're discussing what does it mean to actually bring a church back to a place of truth, um, anchored on actually the truth of the Word of God instead of tradition. And this is uh, this becomes quite a. Uh, foundation for uh, the British Reformation, but he's not alone. He He's one of the more senior statesmen uh, during uh, this time period that Mary puts to death. Um, but what about Ridley himself? He was, uh, he was a bishop uh, of, uh, of London, so he's at a, a key space, uh, key churches. He, he understands uh, a lot more, I think, of what's probably even at stake. Um, what a, give us a little bit about uh, Ridley's life itself. Yeah, I mean, you, these men are incredibly gifted. They are uh, leaders within the church. As you say, you know, uh, they are bishops. Uh, they've been appointed to high positions. And Ridley, um, he is a supporter of Lady Jane Grey, uh, the mm -hmm. Queen of Nine Days, and uh, <laughs> in an attempt to keep the crown Protestant, uh, a, a, an effort is made to promote Lady Jane Grey as Queen um, after the death of Edward VI. But Mary Tudor has her supporters, yep. uh, invades London, it happens fairly quickly, and Lady Jane Grey really doesn't get the support that she needs to keep the crown, and, and so she is only queen for this limited amount of time. Uh, Nicholas Ridley, um, as a leader in the Reformation and as a supporter of Lady Jane Grey, uh, really signs his death warrant by the stance that he takes. And, and these are very godly men and, and believe that um, you know, God is at work in England in yep. Reformation. Well, and he's so instrumental in shaping the Book of Common Prayer, uh, along with Cramner, and getting all of this together to, to help shape a truly Reformed church uh, in Britain around the Word of God, around the, the practices that the church ought to have. And so this type of implementation of um, at least early Reformation, uh, because it, it does um, have a, a unfortunate uh, conclusion that that picks up again under Elizabeth, but this is this is such a a key role that he plays in shaping the worship tradition of uh, what becomes the Anglican Church uh, at at some point uh, down the line as they pick right back up with where uh, with where he was. Now, 
Uh, Ridley himself, uh, because he was such a well-known figure, he also had several um, major uh, <laughs> fights with some some key individuals uh, during his time period. He uh, had played a, a part in what became known as the vestments uh, controversy over uh, what one is supposed to do. This is, again, part of creating the um, the a re-understanding of, of worship and how it's supposed to happen and what it's supposed to look like, uh, including what people are supposed to wear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it becomes an issue. Um, it, it's one of the things that happens, and he's involved in debate with, again, some of the leading figures of the day, John Hooper, um, who'd uh, been exiled during the reign of Henry and others. And um, it, I don't think they realized um, how serious the days were right. and, and how few they had left. So the that is a, actually a great statement, how, how few days they had left, because as they're engaged and they're framing all these fights and um, they're putting these things together, the, the sudden death of Edward uh, the sixth, uh, that changed everything so quickly for all of these men who were working so hard to um, try to provide an environment for a true church uh, within Great Britain. And so as they're doing this, um, Edward dies from tuberculosis, and as Mary comes to the throne, um, well, he's supported Lady Jane Grey, which you've already mentioned. He's uh, worked on uh, the level of reform, including how the church functions and practices. I mean, he's got a bullseye on his chest, so to speak, from uh, from Mary. I mean, there, there's just no way around it. Yeah, Mary will go after the leaders who've been involved in any kind of move against her or reformation. And um, it's at that point where you have, you know, many... Uh, with Puritan leanings or Reformation leanings, flee into the continent. Yeah. And uh, many will go to Geneva and elsewhere. Uh, many stay. Um, many of them believe in that it's actually wrong to flee and to leave the church without the leaders, uh, you know, shepherdless, as it were. And, and those who stay will usually pay with their lives. She ends up killing more than 300 bishops and uh, leaders that she views as enemies of Catholicism. Yeah, so when we get to uh, the trial and uh, of Ridley and Latimer, and actually Cramner is caught up in this as well all at the same time, uh, Mary comes and uh, it sets up this whole context for them to be able to uh, uh, to be tried as much as a trial as it could be. And they're found guilty, uh, a foregone conclusion even before the whole thing starts. Uh, but the trial takes place, interestingly, in Oxford. Why Oxford? Why that city? Why not London? Why not anywhere else? Why Oxford? Why a university town? It was a, a center of uh, Catholicism. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and Mary wanted to show that now things were proceeding in the direction she wanted, and those who'd uh, sought to use their lives and their influence to um, end Catholicism and bring about the, the kind of success of the Protestant church would pay the ultimate price. And it was to be a deterrent. It would be done in a very public 
horrific way. And uh, it would be done in the center of Oxford, which was basically a seminary for uh, the Catholic Church. So you've been to Oxford. Explain to us. Uh, there's there's a memorial yeah, there. Yeah, they have for an incredible this. Uh, monument to the Oxford martyrs, uh, and it's all three men: uh, the archbishop and two bishops. Um, and and they were kept in a prison, the Bacardo prison in Oxford. If you go into one of the churches, into the tower, they have the original door from the cell. It, it's a bit morbid, but. Uh, it, it's something that we can, you know, kind of at least physically relate to and, and again, maybe use that as some kind of aid to devotion, what these men uh, stood for and went through. Uh, Cranmer as archbishop um, it is treated differently, and yep. she wants to make a very public display of him as head of the church, and uh, the, the site for the execution is chosen. It's outside of Balliol College. Interestingly, it's not where the monument itself is. It, it, it's a small cross in, in the middle of the road. It's actually dangerous to go and stand exactly where it took place. Yeah. Uh, you're likely to get creamed by an Oxford bus <laughs> uh, rushing down the street. And Absolutely. I think it, it's really sad that most people will walk over that spot, crossing the road or just walking down the street, and, and not really know why this bricked marker is there because there's no sign there yeah. telling you what it is. It's it's just rather anonymous, and it it really, on some place, in some ways, is is humbling. And understanding that here were uh, two individuals, and and actually Cramner as he's watching, um, who are so instrumental in uh, really preserving the the truth of the gospel and the importance of the word of God. Uh, that quite honestly, anyone in Britain or America today who are Protestants are in some respects um, indebted to. Yeah, absolutely. And these are not young men. You know something of their age. Yeah. So when we start thinking about this, when we get to the actual trial uh, of them and their deaths, when when we see the death of uh, of Ridley, he's fifty five. Uh, and as far as we know, if he was born around 1500, which is what we we seem to think, uh, Latimer himself is uh, in his 60s, if some of the dates are yeah, correct. Yeah, 68 maybe. Yeah, these so are not young men. These are men who have served and walked their whole life following the Lord and are committed uh, completely to this. Now, when the, the, the stage is set, the trial is done, they are convicted uh, of— uh, of treason against uh, against the crown, and they are treated as such. And so Ridley and Latimer are placed in the in the middle of High Street and are um, set to be burnt at the stake. Uh, that is what their punishment is. Um, you can imagine the scene playing out. Uh, Cramner has been part of his punishment is that he actually has to watch these men, these bishops that he loves who he's worked with, he has to watch them die as is his sentence from a tower. And then these men are brought out into the middle of the street and they set uh, the the fire. Um, but unfortunately, uh, according to, again, Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is um, uh, one of our major records of this, 
it, that the fire actually did not burn well and consequently created uh, a lot of uh, extreme torture uh, for, for the men. Yeah, if you wanted to be especially vindictive, which of course Bloody Mary did, then you chose green new wood, which would prolong the time that it would take to burn. I mean, an average burning at the stake could be an hour and a half, but these were often prolonged to four hours or more. Yeah, and so this is what we what we have is that, um, especially for Ridley, that only the on a, only as here disclaimer quickly that this is rather morbid and 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 somewhat detailed in, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, but uh, I think it's worth going ahead and talking about. But his only his lower extremities were burnt. Uh, it wasn't even burning his upper half, and so it was it, it was extremely um, a cruel way uh, to be put to death. Uh, but it was excruciating uh, for him. Supposedly, according to um, again to Fox's Book of Martyrs, uh, Latimer is supposed to have said to Ridley, um, "Be of good comfort and play the man, Master Ridley." We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. That's a amazing quote. Be the man and this idea of a candle that will never be put out. Uh, when we think through the, the ramifications of this early step of, um, uh, of these martyrs who died for their faith, do you, do you think this is exactly what played out, that uh, while he was encouraged to, uh, stay true during his um, his burning. Were was he really a candle that uh, were they igniting a candle, a flame, a fire that that never went out? Well, providentially, Mary didn't last long as queen. She is, you know, burning at the stake. These godly men in the name of religion. It's so kind of ironically evil, and, and she will die in in fifteen fifty eight, and and. Uh, her sister Elizabeth will become queen, and and uh, the the Protestant Reformation really will be complete under her, and and to such a, a degree today that no monarch is allowed to be a Roman Catholic or marry one, right. and and much of it based on you know what had taken place previously. Now, being a Protestant isn't the same as being a born again Christian, but certainly the Reformation achieved great things in Britain um, as far as the gospel is concerned. And, and uh, of course, many millions have been saved, and Britain sent out uh, so many missionaries and did incredible things under God. And uh, it was men like Latimer and Ridley and then Cranmer who really did uh, light the candle that never went out. And today, still, you know that the gospel is alive and active in Britain, not one, you know, not as strong as it once was, and uh, Britain itself is really in the need of missionaries being sent to her, which is an incredible kind of thing. But still, the candle has not gone out. It's interesting when uh, Latimer, after their sentence had been pronounced, uh, he said, "I thank God most heartily that He has prolonged my life to this end." that I may in this case glorify God by that kind of death. Mm. So even he was resigned to the fact that in God's sovereignty, this is, this is what uh, God had for him, and he was trusting the Lord even in the midst of his death. And then to see that idea of um, being the man and the, the candle and the flame that yeah, never the, goes these, out. 
the incredible courage here. These men, to me, stand in in the tradition and the line and the heritage of men like Ignatius in the early church, yes. who that they're, they're uh, condemned to die for their faith. And Ignatius writes a letter to the church at Rome, not wanting to be rescued or, or relieved from the the privilege that he sees it of suffering for Christ for that name mm. that that God has so you know providentially ordered things that you know Ignatius is going to die as a martyr and he sees that as such an incredible gift that Christ has given him that uh, he doesn't want to be robbed robbed of that to me uh, it, it's just a, a, an act of the Holy Spirit that these men could have such courage. Yeah in the face of this. Definitely sobering thoughts this week in church history as we remember uh, Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley, two martyrs for their faith, martyrs for the cause of Christ in England on this day and six on the 16th of October in 1555. Thank you for joining us, listeners, uh, for this week in church history. We do look forward to joining with you again uh, next week.